Okay, I think uh, more today than us preaching is us just sharing some thoughts we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's December. Uh, it's official. Our Advent season has started. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, Advent is just um, means arrival of somebody important. And so our first week of Advent is that we are looking forward to reflecting on when our Messiah, our Savior, our Emmanuel God with, with us, us, Jesus, came to earth. We have so much anticipation uh, of celebration and because um, this is a big thing, guys. This is the hope of the world. And speaking of hope, that's the word we have today. <laughs> First of all, before we get started, I do want to say, too, we kicked off the, the women of the church, kicked off our Advent season yesterday with a beautiful brunch. We had about 45, 50 women, and it awesome. was just such a wonderful awesome. time. It was beautifully decorated, and our girls, our leadership team did such an amazing job. And so it's official. Advent has started, so yep. let's start talking. <laughs> okay, hope. The word of the day, the word of the week, hope. Now, I know in our normal talking throughout the day, our normal conversations, we use that word pretty flippantly, I guess you could say. Wishy-washy. Yeah, wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah. Because we really use it like, well, I wish. Hoping and a wish. Oh, I hope. Yeah, yeah. And so I was thinking of just silly ways that we use it, but like, I hope that pizza's hot when it gets delivered, you know, <laughs> you know, or I hope I get everything on my Christmas list. Don't you just hope that? Hope that, or like you young kids, um, I hope that new boy at school notices me. I really hope. And that's how we just go around using the word hope. Yeah, yeah. With no real uh, certainty whether or not it's going to happen. But mm -hmm. we just. We do. And then maybe, when it, maybe not right. kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> and when it doesn't happen. We get disappointed. We get disappointed. We yeah. lose hope. That's what we say. We've just lost Hope. And then we find ourselves down and depressed, and we learn to be um, cynical and, you know, just pessimistic. And um, In fact, when we were talking earlier this week, I thought of a friend I have as a foster mother, and I remember her saying that one year she had this little boy, and his father had called and said, I'm going to come for your birthday, and I'm going to bring a cake and some presents, and I'm going to spend the day with you celebrating your birthday. Mm -hmm. And so the little boy's birthday rolled around. He was so, so excited. excited, so full of hope. And, uh, of course, time came for Dad to come, and Good Dad family. didn't come. And it happened so many times that the little boy just stopped hoping. The reason he lost hope in his dad was because the character of his father had proved to him that he, he couldn't be believe anything. That's right. Yeah, he couldn't trust anything his dad said. But when we're talking about hope today, right. we're talking about our Heavenly Father, whose character is quite Proven. the opposite. Yes. Yeah. If our Heavenly Father said it, 
It's going to happen. It's a wrap. It's going to happen. Yeah, and so we can have hope. Even when life is not so good. In fact, we were talking about hope. I had my annual physical this week. And when I went to the doctor, you know, they were taking my blood pressure and blah, blah, blah. And the nurse said, I have to ask you some questions. I'm like, okay, I was anticipating medical stuff. And she said, and I'm shaking now because I can't believe this happened. She said, um, are you down? No. She said, are you depressed? I said, no. Then she said, are you hopeless? Hopeless? No way. And I was telling Becky this morning as I was preparing, I felt like the Holy Spirit checked me and said, you kind of, sort of told a fib because the circumstances of life sometimes get me down. I was down. I'm confused about some things in my life. And sometimes I find myself down. Sometimes I find myself a little depressed. But hopeless? Oh, no. No. (laughs) I am never hopeless because my hope is in God. And the character of my God says, you can believe anything I say because it's going to happen. You know, we can see, in fact, um, Dustin was mentioning last week, when you read through the Old Testament after God made all creation and he made us, he made humans, and we kept messing up. But he didn't give up on us. Instead, he kept, for one thing, he would warn us, if you stray from me, bad things are going to happen. You are going to find yourself captured by enemies. Mm -hmm. You will be prisoners in, in foreign lands. But if you turn to me, good times will happen. And as we read through the New Testament, the Old Testament, that's what happens. You know, like they'll be doing really good following God and good things are happening. And then they turn their back on God. And just as our heavenly father had warned them, bad things would start happening. And it happened so many times that you could just, you could look back through history and see what God said happens. Mm -hmm. If he said bad things were happening, if they did turn from him, it happened. Good times, it happened. But through all of the Old Testament He kept giving us a promise through the psalmist, through Moses, through the prophets. He kept saying, you know what, guys, I know you're struggling, but someday I'm going to send you a Messiah. I'm going to send someone that will save you from your sins. I will send someone that will heal the brokenhearted. I'll send somebody to preach deliverance to the captive. captive. I will send someone that will give sight to the blind. To the blind. Now, it didn't happen immediately. In fact, it got to the place where there was a really dark time in Israel's history. And we find the prophet Isaiah saying, in Isaiah 7:14, he says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look. A virgin will conceive a child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Then we flip over to chapter 9, 
And he starts, now the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Remember, they were living in dark times. Do you ever feel like you're living in dark times? But God has promised it will not go on forever. forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a light. And then, Courtney, go ahead and put this verse up because every, every year this time, we hear this, so let's all say it together. For, For unto a us a child is born, born to son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Yes. But did it happen immediately? Nope. Had to wait for it. I mean, hundreds of years still went by, but God told them, cling on to that hope. You can look at my history. You can look at the things I've already said, and they've all come to pass. So this is two. And so they did. They clung to hope, and they taught their children. God said it, and it's going to happen. Amen. Someday a Messiah is coming. And sure enough, it happened. He did. We turn to the New Testament. In the, um, Matthew, the first book we see at the end, Guess what? A virgin gives birth to a son. They name him Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It happened. Amen. God said it would. And it did. It did. It's a wrap. It did. Yes. And so we read in chapter 2 then of Matthew, and it starts, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And we read that there's a wise men that follow the star, and they come to worship him. And towards the very end of chapter 2, I love this statement. And for some reason, it had never jumped out like it did this week to me. But Matthew 2, 23 says, this, like all this you guys just read in chapter 1 and 2, all this fulfilled what the prophets had said. Again, proving that what God said was going to happen He's faithful. happened. And as Jesus walked on our planet, what did he do? He gave sight to the blind. Yes, he, did. he gave hope to the hopeless. hopeless. Yes, he did. You know, he preached to the captive. Deliverance. He did exactly. He continued fulfilling everything that God had said would happen. But then something else had been prophesied that he would die on a cross. Long before crosses were even a thing, it had been prophesied that he would die on a cross. Mm -hmm. And it happened. It happened. But he didn't stay there. In three days, he got back up. He was victorious over the grave. And then he said, you guys, too, are going to be victorious. That is our hope. That's right. No matter what happens, we have a hope way beyond all this. We have a hope, and we, too, are going to get up out of the grave someday, and we, too, will live forever. Amen. We will rule and reign with Christ with forever because he said so. Yeah. Right. Period. Period. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's done. How do you say? Um, so, um, I don't know who this was. I want to say maybe it was. Al Sharpton or somebody, they would always say, keep hope alive, just keep hope alive. Who was that? I don't know. But we're going to keep hope alive, right? So, um, because the onus is on us to keep it alive, right? And so, um, 
So how do we do that? How do we maintain, hold on, keep hope present in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives? Well, for one, as Crystal was saying, it's based on who are you putting your hope in? What it, what, what's their character like? So that de can determine whether or not they are faithful enough for you to put your hope and trusting in. And so one of the things that we have, the fundamental thing we have to keep in mind is that Jesus himself is the source of all hope. Jesus, therefore our hope must be placed in him and him only. Um, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God. So you notice I said Jesus and not people, even people in the church. There is a lot of church hurt. I've experienced it myself because we put so much faith and hope and trust in people and people intentionally or unintentionally will disappoint us. They will let us down. They may not come through like they said they would. And a lot of times, especially in the church, and I want to hone in on the church because, uh, well, they're church people. These are Christians. I can't believe they did me like this and they talking about they love Jesus and da-da-da-da-da. And as a result, we can back away from God. We can give up on the plan and the purposes of God for our lives based on what a pastor did, a minister did, an elder did, a chief potentate, or whomever. So we must, we must, we must. People are people. We love them. We forgive them. And we move on. But we keep our hope in Jesus. There's a difference. There is a difference. So I just wanted to... Um, Make that point that we as people are flawed. Are. Jesus is not. He's perfect. Yes. We are flawed. He's perfect. Okay? So we do not allow people and what they did and what they didn't do and what we expected them to do and they didn't come through. We do not allow that to infiltrate or impact our relationship with him. Please keep that in mind. That's good. Um, because there are a lot, and I mean a lot of people right today that will not darken a door of a church because of what somebody in the church did or didn't do to them. They derailed everything because of people. So hope is in him and him alone. So I just wanted to drive that point home. Um, the other thing we want to be mindful of when we talk about keep hope alive is keep your faith built up, okay? Faith and hope have a very strong relationship with one another. They're not one and the same. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith in God is the foundation for our belief system. And hope is what's needed to get us to the manifestation of the promises of God. So I liken it to faith being a car and hope being the gas. Oh, that's good. Okay? Yes. If no car, you don't need gas. You need a bus pass <laughs> or you need, you need Uber or a ride. But <laughs> unless you have a car, there's no need for gasoline, right? And so in order for hope to work, we need faith, right? And so faith comes first and then hope 
kicks in because hope is present to get us from point A to point B. I can have a car and no gas and I'm not going anywhere. Okay. So just kind of think it in in that uh, analogy. Um, So how do we build our faith? So the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more word, the more reading of the word, meditating on the word, studying the word, the more faith is built up. Therefore, the more hope you have. Therefore, the more confidence in the word you have. Therefore, the more manifestations you might see from the promise of God based on his word. It happens just like that. So if you find yourself faltering, kind of down and whatever, hope is not really there, circumstances of life have, have gotten to you, just go back and build your, your faith up. That's all. Just, just give yourself over to the word more and more and more because that's how faith comes. It's hearing and hearing and hearing again. This is not a one and done thing. We're going to be doing this, y'all, until the day Jesus returns. We are. So it's a continuous practice of building our faith, therefore keeping our hope alive. Good. Good. Um, the other thing I, w- I wanted to say around this is that um, there's a warning here, I believe, that hopelessness, as Crystal talked about, how now medical professionals are asking when you go get your physicals and things, are you hopeless? There's a reason for that. Um, Hopelessness in and of itself will kill you. It's nothing to play with. It's nothing to allow to continue in your life, okay? It might start small, but if you keep it there, it will grow because it's a tool of the enemy to get you off track. So it can literally physically kill you, and it certainly can kill a dream or a vision um, that you might have from the Lord. So I was looking up some statistics, and according to the Center for Disease Control, nearly 50,000 people in this country alone last year took their lives by suicide. Isn't that sad? And exactly like what you said, that's why the doctors now take time to ask every person, are you down? Are you depressed? Are you hopeless? Because they want to try to help correct that. Correct that immediately, Mm -hmm. yeah, before it gets, gets out of whack. And so... When you think about somebody getting to a place where they would take their own lives, they've gotten so far down to where they feel like this is it. There's nothing else better that's going to happen to me. There's nothing I have any, I don't have anything to look forward to. This is always going to be this way. Nothing ever is going to change for me. And those are lies straight from the pit of hell. And so it's nothing to play with. It's nothing to kind of just brush off. So if you find yourself in that place, get back up. It's okay. We all, at times, get down. Circumstances of life, whatever the case may be, but let's not stay there. That's the key. Don't stay there. Um, And 50,000 took their lives last year in this country alone. That's a 3% increase from the year before. So it's increasing year over year. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So we all battle with life at some point, and no matter whoever we are, like I just said, 
um, especially if the desire doesn't come when we expect it. Well, by the time I was 35, I thought I had three kids and a husband. Oh, by the time this, this, and that, Lord, I need you, that light bill paid, they're going to cut my lights off, and here we on the light thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, get lights and stuff cut off. <laughs> um, and I thought this was going to happen. I've been believing, I've been praying, I've been standing on your word, and this thing still has not happened. And if we're not careful, we can allow the waiting period because it didn't, it didn't come when we expect it. That's the key, expect it. It didn't come when we expect it, so therefore we can back up, we can get down, and we can lose hope. We forget say, that time means nothing to God. No. One you day know. is a thousand. What? How? Didn't some One thousands day to a thousand, of years? A thousand is a day, yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. But we do live in time, and so we struggle with that. We do waiting. We do. Um, and there's a lot to waiting on the Lord. Um, I'm not that thing part of my notes though, so I don't want to get. <laughs> <laughs> so when God blesses you with whatever it is you're believing him for, deliverance, healing, financial breakthrough, uh, a spouse, uh, changing your marriage, whatever the case may be, there's a lot that happens in that waiting period. It's, not, it's never that it might be delayed based on your timing, your timing and expectation, but it's never denied. That's right. Never denied. Whatever he says you can have in this word, you can have. That's right. The Bible says when at the time that you pray for it and you believe that you received it, I think that's Mark eleven twenty four. the Bible says, or 24, 11, one of them, the Bible says you can have it, you receive it at that moment when you pray, not when you physically have it in your hand when you pray and believe that you have it, that's when you have it. So that, my term again, that's a wrap, okay? That's a wrap. So now from the time I believe I receive to the time I actually hold it, it manifests, and I actually grab hold of it and can see it and feel it and touch it, that's the waiting period. So there is a lot of processing that happens between this, this time and that time. So despise not the day of waiting. Right. Timing is everything for the Lord. That's you right. get something in the wrong time, it's almost like you got the wrong thing. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So God knows what he's doing in you. A lot of times what we're praying for, we think we're ready for it, and we're not. And if we get it out of season, we might lose it. So he's a seasonal God. So do not despise waiting. Uh, there's a reason. The other thing that came to mind, Crystal, was when God decides to bless Becky, he has other people in mind. You see what I'm saying? It's not just an isolated blessing just for Becky. Other people that are connected to Becky will be impacted by that blessing that Becky's believing for. And so he has to also prepare them. So there's a lot of good stuff. It's not that he said, no. Jesus, he didn't say no. I swear he did because he's true. He's so vitally uh, trustworthy. He's so faithful. He can't, you know what? God can do anything except, to, except for lie. Lying is the one thing he cannot do. Even if he tried to lie, if he said it, it's still going to come to bed because he said it. You know what I mean? So he cannot lie. 
So you can grab hold and you can hold on, but do not allow the waiting to derail you because there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that's happening while you wait, and he don't have to tell you everything. You know, we don't tell our kids everything. We tell them some stuff, but some stuff ain't their business. You know? <laughs> it's not time yet. It ain't time yet. <laughs> they wouldn't understand it if we told them anyways. Half of this, you know. So um, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what am I, one of the litmus tests to determine whether or not I'm walking in hope or not is where's my joy and where's my peace? Because joy and peace has a direct connection to hope. Um, Losing hope can impact your joy and your peace because of the the relationship between the two. The other thing is, and we need joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's how we make it from day to day. We need strength. We need supernatural strength. So you don't want to lose your, you don't want to lose none of this. Trust me, all it is. We need all it is. Because the Bible also says that the kingdom is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. So if if you're a kingdom citizen, and we are citizens of the kingdom, joy and peace belongs to us, and it must be sustained in us day after day in order for us to walk successfully. The other thing is God doesn't want us to just have hope, but he wants us to abound I hope. love that word, abound. Like, he don't want us to just, just get by, get by have a barely make bit it. of hope, but abound like a lot. That's true. That's true. Because he's a big God, he does exceedingly, abundantly above, right? So he wants us to overflow in hope because it's in that overflow that we can then impact other people. It's in the overflow that we can then minister. We should be ministering and witnessing and serving out of the overflow, okay, of the blessings of God in our life. Um, The other thing I want to say on this point is Ephesians 2.12 talks about at one time we were people that had no hope. We were alienated. We were separated from Christ. uh, We were strangers and all of that. But now we're no longer alienated. We're no longer strangers. We're daughters and sons of the Most High God. We're no longer far away, but we're near. The Bible even refers to us as friends of God. God is our friend. Jesus is our friend. He's our homie. Hey. Um, so based on that, we now can have hope. Psalm 27:14 says, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of a good courage. And, not, and let not your heart and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. And what I wanted to bring out here is this is not a suggestion from the Lord. This is a command. We are commanded to wait, hope, and expect the Lord to move on our behalf to manifest the promises of God based on his word. This is how we're to live. This is how we're to think. This is how we're to operate consistently, waiting, hoping, and expecting 
for God himself to do what he said he will do. And his will for you is here in the word. If it's in the word, it's his will. Amen. Healing, deliverance, change, turnaround, a destiny, walking in your destiny, fulfilling your purpose, uh, financial breakthrough. He doesn't want us to barely get by, but he wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. So all of those things and then some or in the word of God. It's not good that man should be alone. So if you, if you believe in God for a spouse, you can stand on it and believe that that will come through for you. So um, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, according to Hebrews 10, 23. For he who promised is faithful. God can be trusted to keep his promises. A lot of times, Crystal, what I found is depending on your earthly father and what your relationship was like him can impact how you think and perceive your heavenly father. And so if earthly daddy may not have come through, wasn't there, you fill in the blank, oftentimes that whole concept of father does not mean the same for you as it might somebody else. But despite, again, what your earthly father may have done or not, your heavenly father, there's a difference. Don't make them the same. Will come through. He knew you even before your earthly father did. And he still ordained you. And he still has a purpose and a plan for your life. So regardless of what you did not get, from the people that you should have gotten it from. Do not allow your past it to impact your relationship with your Heavenly Father, who can be trusted because he is faithful. His character has been well proven. Well proven. We can trust. We can trust. We can. If God said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we have that hope. Again, it's not dependent on our circumstances that may or may not get us down sometimes. Our hope is in Christ. Yeah, alone. Alone. Amen. So you may come, have come today feeling hopeless. Maybe you haven't met Jesus for yourself. Maybe you haven't experienced hope. Today is your day. It's the appointed time for you too. And maybe you are a believer and are just struggling a little bit. Mm -hmm. But hang on to hope.